Blog Talk Radio. Which is my name is Raina Starr. I am your host for the hour. I'm usually your host for every hour. Never mind. Anyway, Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk of any kind might upset you, this may not be the show for you. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the incredibly wicked one herself. The amazing Dorothy Morrison, please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. She is doing her October special early, so get on board. She's got candles, spells, oils, sprays, you name it, she's got it. Please check out wickedwitchstudios.com. It is a social media sale, so please get on the Facebook page for that direct link. With me for the hour is the amazing Estrella Taylor, author of Air Magic, as well as Intuitive Witchcraft, I believe. Um, yes, you're amazing. Um, hi, Estrella. <laughs> hey there, Raina. How are you? It's early in the morning, but that's cool. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, and I, I appreciate you coming this early in the morning so I could attend my friend's wedding today. It's it's really special. Oh, that's right. I forgot. That's right. I actually, you know, it's it's definitely not something I never do. I do a lot of early shows. As a matter of fact, I have a 9.30 show next Saturday. So you're, you totally have not done anything weird or strange to me whatsoever. I'm just so happy to have you finally. It's like... Some oh, authors you. you have to chase a really long time, and you know, <laughs> and it, it, I was very happy that you finally said yes. I'm like, yeah. she doesn't like me. She doesn't oh, like no, me. I love you. Show. I love your show. <laughs> I've been so busy. I've been writing books like a crazy person. <laughs> Tell me about um, but that. Yeah. You know, I always wonder about the process with, about writing books, and I ask a lot of authors that particular question. Um, you know, like, do, do you get asked to write certain books? Are you just like this font of ideas and you have all of these books <laughs> backlogged in your brain? <laughs> yes, yes to both. Um, sometimes, oh. you know, you have an idea for a book and you just start outlining it and it comes to life right before your eyes uh-huh. and um, wow. and it's wonderful and sometimes you have to research so many details of a book and it's more like a, a grad school dissertation or something um, and wow. uh, so I w- intuitive witchcraft is something that is kind of like who I am basically it's it just kind of flowed through me as I wrote it I was in a trance wow. most of the time when I wrote it <laughs> but air magic was much different because I had to research the the fuck out of that. It was 
insane. <laughs> like, um, but I love research too. So it's another side of the coin. It's just very different, you know. Yeah, and I find that you know most writers are natural researchers because there's so much to look up, especially about a topic, you know, with as many variables as witchcraft. So I, I find it fascinating. I love to do research. I'm just not a writer. I, I, it's just not my forte. I don't even know if I have a forte at this point. I just like talking, so that's what I do. But I love, I, <laughs> but I love talking to writers about, you know, how they got into whatever it is that they're into. Like I know for a little bit about you. I know you had a magical, somewhat magical upbringing but you weren't necessarily in a tradition. Um, do you find that helps, actually, when you're, when you're first starting out as a witch? Um, well, I think it does because I think I hear a lot of people saying, oh, it's hard for me to feel energy. It's hard for me to um, visualize. It's hard for me to meditate. And all of those are parts of my upbringing. Like, it's hard for me to conceive of what the Fae are. My mom practiced with the Fae as well. So all of these things huh? I have a familiarity with. But when it comes to the well, traditions, yeah. like, I didn't know what was what. So... Um, I started my witchcraft journey when I was a teenager, just going to a local shop, just talking with people, doing little crafty things. And then I went to my a pagan spirit gathering where I learned about Wicca and everything that Wicca has to offer. And Selena Fox is just amazing. I've looked up to her for mm-hmm. decades. <laughs> and I just adore everything she does. Um, so, yeah, and that was my big introduction into um, you know, traditions, basically. Yeah. Do you, like, do you find yourself aligned with a tradition now, or is it just easier to be, I mean, do you find traditions limiting? Is it easier to be more free-flowing if you're not, quote-unquote, tied to something or feeling tied to something? Um, so I view it like a personality kind of feature. I think everyone has ways that, you know, they can learn things from traditions. Like I certainly did, even though I wasn't like initiated, I, I just went to a lot of Wiccan events <laughs> and um, sure. so I learned about things that way. <clears throat> but um, the way that I do things is kind of like improv, like music. Like I don't read the sheet yep. music. I don't, I just kind of like make things up as I go along and they're uh-huh. meaningful. They're not just like, uh, whimsical things they're, they actually mean a lot of uh, things to me whatever I'm doing and that was kind yeah. of the heart of intuitive witchcraft and the reason I wrote that book Neat. is because somebody was really disparaging that path and they thought that uh, traditions and covens were the only way to go it's kind of like um, Owl House the cartoon <laughs> if you've seen that he was like everybody has to be in a coven and I was like I can't believe I'm hearing this <laughs> I guess right. I need to write that book. I, <laughs> and I'm glad you did because somebody actually told you that your your practice was dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, he said, literally, he said it's as dangerous as running around with a knife performing surgery on people. And I said, what the fuck do you think I'm doing? <laughs> like, exactly. No and I think that's, first of all, rude. 
second of all, yeah. who the fuck does that person think they are? So I have to ask, do you remember what tradition that person was a member of? He did not say, but he just espoused okay. all the traditions. Okay. See, this is this is the gatekeeper aspect of shit that that Gardner. Mm-hmm. I'm Gardnerian, but this is the kind of shit my folks get slammed for. It's kind of like, shut the fuck up. You're making us all look bad. We're not all like that because a lot of us get accused of gatekeeping, and it's like, not my happy ass. I I don't know enough to be dangerous. I just, you know, this is just the practice that I was kind of raised in, so that's what I do. So, you know, but it's because of tradition and history. It's not because, you know, it's the only way to go. It's really not. And I think most magic, when you get down to it, really should be intuitive to a certain extent or at least come from you as opposed to a book. I mean, anybody can can you know, mimic anyone else by reading their book and, and espousing all of their words and, you know, just using what they've already put on paper. And it's lovely if it works out and, and you're completely aligned with whatever your text is. But that's not that's not real to me. To me, that's not human. You know, we're all going to come at things with our own feelings about stuff and our own ways of interpreting. Oh, God, you said mm-hmm. something that cracked me up. You said everything is not a sign. I almost pissed myself because there's so many people that I know who it's like, oh, the wind blew this way. It must mean this. And I'm like, no, sometimes shit is just shit. And it cracks me up that everybody is looking for the divinity and stuff that's just normal. <laughs> so I love yeah. that you said that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like I studied earth science and um I studied botany and I studied climate change and I studied uh oceanography and uh you know weather. <laughs> and and I know, you know, most things are just mother nature doing her thing, but um <laughs> you know, there are certain allowances, breakthroughs I would say of the spirit world when that communication does actually happen. And knowing the difference between the two is huge. It takes a lot of discernment, though, and it's something that I don't think is promoted very much in our culture, as much as it should be, among the new people anyway. I No, I think it's, it's a problem throughout. I mean, there are folks that I've known for many years who are still like every little thing must be a sign. And you don't want to be the asshole bursting someone's bubble, but it's kind of like, oh, like, no, that shit was going to happen anyway. I'm really sorry. Oh, God, I don't want to make you feel bad, so I'm not going to say anything. But, I mean, how do you how do you discern? Because sometimes, I'll be honest with you, there are times I still have problems with knowing if it's spirit or not because a lot, I'm I'm more on the other end of, poo-pooing everything I think as a witch I am more critical and disbelieving and more of a skeptic than (laughs) like your average person and I don't know why that is and that's the beauty of it like we're all allowed to have our own opinions and our own experiences and stuff Um, you know there's common sense uh, which I hope we all have (laughs) Um, you know, 
But uh, yeah, there, there's just um, all different ways to be a witch. And I think that is really beautiful. I mean, some people have tried to tell me, tell me that gatekeeping doesn't exist and that I'm, uh, you know, just trying to use this as a, you know, to get attention or something. And it's genuinely a reaction inside of me. I have a very rebellious spirit. <laughs> if people try to tell me what to do, sometimes I want to do the exact opposite <laughs> if I don't like them, you know? Yeah. So, um, I, yeah. yeah, and that's, my, that's why I had to write the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut it down. I love it. I, I love that rebellion. See, and it's funny because I was talking to a mutual friend of ours, Laura Tempest Zakroff was on last night, mm-hmm. and we were talking about how sometimes when somebody tries to zinger, she'll put it in a book, like, again. <laughs> you know, if somebody doesn't like something that she's written, she's like, yeah, guess what? That's coming with a follow-up in my next book. And I'm just dying. <laughs> and I love the fact that you're like that, too, that you're like, yeah, guess what? It's coming at you. I think that's wonderful. And I love the fact that you're willing to do that and own it, because a lot of people, you know, they're so interested in being liked that they don't they're not real about it you know what I mean it's like being liked mm-hmm. is not the point getting information out there that's that's correct and you know useful I think is supposed to be the point so I, I love that I think that's hilarious <laughs> so what yeah what thanks do you use yeah, no, I think you're amazing. What tools um, do you use to help you discern between something just being life and and something being really intrinsically magical? Well, um, it depends on whether I've asked for a sign. If I've asked for a sign and I see something, it's more likely to be a sign, still not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I tune into my intuition. I kind of like do this throughout the day. Like I tune into my intuition, my body and how I'm feeling where I'm holding energy, you know, kind of try to calm things down if they're not calm. And, and then I tune into the energy around me as well. Um, so I kind of feel a difference between those two. And if the energy around me is feeling like a higher vibration, like this, big swell of um, feeling and emotion, then it's more likely to be spirit. If it's, mm-hmm. you know, regular, <laughs> which I'm aware of like the baseline, because <laughs> I do it a lot. Sure. If it just feels like the baseline, then it's probably not as magical. But, you know, um, we all have blind spots when it comes to this as well. So I look to see if anything is really irregular. Like if this butterfly yeah. floats by and like, okay, I'm not, that's not Aunt Margie. <laughs> necessarily but if you know if she if the butterfly lands on me and like hangs out for a while and like maybe makes eye contact then that's really special that's a really unique experience and I'm getting goosebumps just talking about that just thinking about it (laughs) so um but yeah that would be spirit yeah and I think what you've said is really important because I think we're so busy sometimes looking for signs that we're not listening to our own body. And I think that's mm-hmm. really important to remember. Your gut will tell you a lot more than you think it will if you tune into it. I think we're so mm-hmm. – everything has been so crazy for the past couple of years, especially, 
in the day-to-day, just, you know, trying to get through life without getting sick or, or whatever, um, I think we we forget to do that gut check that, you know, okay, let's let's take five minutes here and just tune everything else out and listen to what's happening inside. And I've, this is like constantly being reinforced for me lately um, through the folks that I, I have on the show. So it's it's really been helpful for me to kind of tune out the white noise and hear what's actually being sent as a message as opposed to, oh, I just, you know, it's just another stomach ache today, you know, from stress. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, yeah. there's a lot to be said about knowing in your gut, gut reaction. Um, you know, your body will is more sensitive than your mind sometimes, I think. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think if you listen more to your body, you can get those subtle clues or messages. So thank you for that. That's very helpful. Well, um, I have this theory about the gut, actually. It's, you know, we have uh, oh. 10 times more microbes in our bodies than we do our own cells, animal cells. Um, so, wow. and the microbes match what's in the earth about like 78% or so. Uh, I'm uh, oh. thinking of a journal article. <laughs> but um, so anyway, yeah. I think like um, the living microbes in the earth and in our gut, is kind of like um, Gaia in the earth is within us. Um, and we are mm. tuning into her, literally the earth and our ancestry as well, because that microbial uh, diversity can be inherited. So it's really tuning into so much more than just like this, your belly area. It's, it goes deeper than that. It like goes into so many ancient things. And I just feel so connected to all of that whenever I tune in now, ever since I learned that. Wow. That's, are you a scientist? That's amazing. <laughs> yes, I wow. am. Like, you'll see in a lot of my books, I cite uh, scientific journal articles and uh, etymology and all kinds of things. Like, I, I am such a nerd, and I just love to nerd out in my <laughs> books. Like, I have this insatiable curiosity. So um, whenever I write a book, like, I just, <laughs> I look things up. Like, I go in a million different directions, and I want to get the whole story. And um, so that's why um, with the book that I'm writing right now with Jason Mankey about the Greek gods, like it goes really into depth. And it's because I've always had these questions that have never been answered. I'm like, okay, I get it. But what really happened? Like, and people are like, we don't really know what happened at the Ocinian mysteries. And I'm like, well, we have a lot more than one book has, you know, I had to read like 50 sources to, get a more round story, but, you know, Uh um, I just haven't read any satisfying books on those topics, so that's why I write about them. That's wonderful. So basically, (laughs) if you're given a theory, just let me see if I understand this, because I'm loving this conversation. So if you're given a theory, and you read about it, and you don't like the answer, you're like, this is bullshit, I'm going to keep reading and find something else. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I love to retort. And that's like part of the scientific method. It's like, with all due respect, here's some other evidence, Mm -hmm. and you know, you have to say things are things appear to be in the scientific world, um, but 
we we don't use laws very much except for you know gravity and whatnot but um yeah uh you know it's science is there science is magical too and i approach the magical world as a scientist that's wonderful i know so few people who do that no seriously because for for me, the people I've a lot of people that I have encountered, obviously not all of them, but I have encountered a great number of people who are like very dismissive of science, um, in a very fundamentalist kind of way. You know what I mean? Like I didn't realize that some people were ignoring certain scientific facts that we're aware of today because they believe that their protection is coming from magic, which isn't to dismiss the possibility that magic is protective. But I think you have to use a level of wisdom as far as science goes and be accepting of I mean, I always thought um, that science and magic were connected because I was lucky enough my first husband was a, a scientific witch and believed, you know, in the connections thereof and used to try to teach me about quantum physics and, and, and magic, <laughs> which was, I will, I will honestly admit, above my little head. Um, but definitely always drew the, the science of magic into the conversation. And, you know, and I guess that's part of why I'm like, of course science is, you know, real and acceptable and works with magic. Um, but I'm I'm kind of surprised by the folks that that don't that don't put the two together. Do you have problems with folks not wanting to accept that, or is it a, a harder explain than than you think it's going to be? Um, some people think they know everything, and I'm not one of those people. <laughs> the people who think they know everything are very close-minded. Um, so science always evolves. We're always developing theories as to what things mm-hmm. actually mean and what things are and what's going on, what's happening. Um, and, you know, we have proof to some degree. Sometimes that proof is, you know, 100%. Sometimes it's 90%. Sometimes it's 63%. You know, you get into biology and things get really messy <laughs> because there's just so much going yeah. on. But um, I, I accept that people have their own way to figure out, you know, what they want to believe in. But, yeah, it's uh, – science is pretty cool, too. Like, if you look at the, um, the way that you set up a, a hypothesis and then you set up all the um, ways to test the hypothesis, I mean, it's basically magic. <laughs> You're doing magic. Like, this inspired a lot of my magic. Um, you set wow. things up. You do the experiment. You see what happens. Mm-hmm. Like, you write everything down. This is what witches yep. do, right? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, yep. you report back. You're like, um, this financial spell, you know, got me $63. Yay. <laughs> I'm going to do it again, but I'm going <laughs> to add more mints. <laughs> See what happens. Well, there so, you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a way to develop things. and. I know. People are so dismissive if something doesn't work the first time or it doesn't work the same way the second time. And it's like, but the whole thing about science is that it it develops with more information, which is what I think we're all supposed to do anyway as just people. You know, if you never Uh go past a certain level of education or toys to play with, you wind up playing with 
toys that are, you know, you should be well advanced beyond at this point. So I, I just find it interesting yeah. that some folks are so tied to things. They want to be stuck in a certain mindset or a certain way of doing magic. I mean, I, maybe it's because I get to talk to, you know, cool folks like you who write books and and do things, you know, that I, I it's opened my world as far as different ways of, of looking at magic and different ways of performing magic even. Um, I just, I find it interesting that some people would want to stay stuck in a certain mindset and not go beyond that because everything evolves. I mean, the, the subjects we talk yeah. about now were taboo 40 years ago, you know, I mean, <laughs> subjects of sexuality and, and, you know, all kinds of things have, have completely evolved over time. I'm just surprised at people who don't want to evolve with it. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Well, but anyway. No, actually, <laughs> if you look at a stag, like think of a stagnant pool of water, you know, that's where a lot of algae can grow and mosquitoes yeah. and, uh, you know, Toxic, those algae release toxins often, and um, yeah. the, the water isn't doing it's like it's a natural thing. I think it's a natural thing within humans as well, but it's much more healthy to travel with your mind, to go places, and to, to go new, learn new things, and keep um, broadening those horizons. I agree. So tell me about air magic. Like, what was your inspiration? Was this something you had been planning? Were you asked to do it? What was the story behind this? I was asked to do this, and it was uh, such an honor to be asked to do this book by Llewellyn. Um, Wow. I had been working on a different book um, called The Witch's Bell uh, for the Tool series, and um, Mm -hmm. my editor was like, yeah, stop writing that proposal. <laughs> I want you to do this. And I was like, do you want me to do a proposal? She's like, no, I have a format. It's going to be good. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so um, I was I was actually like, um, can I do fire magic instead? She was like, everybody wants to do fire magic. Why does everybody want to do fire magic? And I was like, well, I'm a fire dancer. <laughs> and she's like, we have someone for fire magic. We have a backup for fire magic. And I was like, okay. I'll do air magic then. But um, it worked out really well because I am such an air sign. I'm a Libra, and I'm an Aquarius moon, (laughs) and uh, I have Jupiter and Gemini. (laughs) So I have a big grand triangle chart. And uh, uh, Mercury (laughs) is my ruling planet. So it's it's really fun. Like, I love air signs. Air sign people are so great. Um, But, yeah, delving into – oh, yeah, you're a Libra, right? Yep. Yeah. It's um, I love Libras too. Um, Me too. Yeah. So um, I feel like we just have this innate ability to talk and um, to think about complex matters, and and that's what air magic is all about. It's about the mind, communication, breath, um, awareness of the spirit residing in the body as breath, you know, mm-hmm. um, how uh, pay attention to how our breath changes our body and riding the wave of breath to um, modulate what the body is actually feeling. You know, air is a big initiator. It starts a lot of things. It, it changes things. It travels places. And um, we can start like a different mindset just with our breath 
alone, uh, which I think is is so fascinating. It's something I learned in uh, yoga when I was taking that a long time ago, pre-pandemic. But, yeah, uh, it was fascinating to write that book. I learned so much, and I had so many footnotes, and I think I had 111, and I was like, this is a magical number. And then um, Heather Green, my editor, was like, let's take some of those out. (laughs) This is a tiny little book. It's not meant to be like a scientific book. I go, okay. And she's like, just list it in the back. Okay. Um, But, yeah, I I loved writing it. I loved researching it. And I feel like it kind of helped me lead up toward the next book as well, Um, the one that I'm writing with Jason Menke. Uh-huh. Just because of how heavy the research was, like for that one, we have over 400 footnotes. <laughs> so, holy um, crap! <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a very we really wanted to give people uh, places to go if they wanted more information about something. And I feel like with the Greek gods, there's a lot of people just making stuff up. Like I can't name names, yeah. but uh, we really yeah. wanted like a book where it was more rigorous, it was more disciplined, it was actually real and not just like people pranced about like like I need to know where, when, how, <laughs> you know. So we have that. Yeah. Well because the way the stories have always been presented, it there's not a whole lot of background that I've ever seen in any of the stories, the Greek mythology stories that I've read. It all starts, you know, somewhere with Zeus and everything else comes out of that. And there's no whys and wherefores for Hades or Persephone or, I mean, it's like, well, okay, we know the theory, but we don't know anything seriously concrete. And I I just felt always that the story seemed to start in the middle of something else. They did. Yeah. So most (laughs) stories uh, were rewritten several times, and the ones that we know Mm -hmm. from, like, Homer and Hesiod, um, they were the result of the adherence of Zeus coming into the land and overturning the gods that were there before, um, which were Mm -hmm. Poseidon and Demeter. And actually, they think that Zeus and Poseidon were the same god, but the name kind of got mixed up along the way. And because um, they both have mm-hmm. stories where they were horses and they were with a horse Demeter, and uh, they're both listed as fathers mm-hmm. of Persephone. Um, but yeah, yeah. so uh, we go back into um, pre-Greek uh, history and culture and say it looks like you know this deity originated from Cyprus, uh, you know, or uh, you know, Minoans or the Mycenaeans. Um, and then we wow. also not just tell the myth of that, which I'm sick of the myth, you know, like <laughs> I know the myth. Mm-hmm. And like it's it's really tempting to view things as like as if they're actually people, but they're not. They were gods. And a lot of times the actions described in the myth were actions described by um, inanimate objects like Zeus's fertility. Like the rains are fertile. <laughs> Rain contains a lot of nutrients in it, which fertilize the land. They literally fertilize mm-hmm. the land. Uh, the earth goddesses, the earth mothers, um, right. and, and so forth. But um, yeah, so we go into the culture and we're like, okay, this was when they were honored. This is how they were honored. 
Um, we don't know a lot about some deities like Hestia, but we can surmise that this probably happens. And, you know, we use that language just to be clear that, you know, we, we're, it's a hypothesis. Nobody really knows right now. Right. Right. I, I'm really looking forward to that book as well. I, I'm, I'm very psyched because I want to know more than what I've been given since childhood because it's kind of been like the same regurgitated stuff. So, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is going to be I'll send you a copy. <laughs> Thank you. And you and Jason can come on and discuss it. That'd be great. <laughs> I would love that, yeah. I would too. That would be fun. But, you know, I love Earth, Ma- uh, Earth Magic. Sorry, Air Magic. I haven't read Earth Magic. My apologies to the author. Um, but I, I, I love Earth, Air Magic because it's, you've done so much research on, you know, the lore of it and how to use it and what it means in daily magical practice and breathing. I mean, you've got spells in here and you really, it looks like you put in a ton of research on this one as well. And I love that. (laughs) I love that about you you. because you seem to do that with everything, but it helps. I mean, there are folks who write books you know, that I don't talk to on the air, obviously, but there are folks who write books that it's just all coming out of them. And I'm like, well, where did you get that theory? And they're like, it came to me. And I'm like, no, no, (laughs) that's, that's, you know, I'm not dismissing it as nothing ever comes to anybody. Of course it does, but you know, there's gotta be some kind of evidence based something You've performed this before. Someone taught this to you. There's got to be a backstory somewhere. I just, I get concerned about um, folks maybe going in a direction where nothing's evidence based. And, and, you know, being an older person, I do believe in science and I do believe in research. All of the things I've ever had to submit have had to have research and footnotes and citing sources and all of that. So I'm very mm-hmm. appreciative of writers like yourself who do the work and, you know, put the time in because not all books are meant to just fall out of your head. Some books, you know, something instructive mm-hmm. or something with a lot of history, you've got to be able to cite your sources and, and you do a lovely job of that. Um, but I, I do like this you, book. I, you know, it's particularly important to me right now because I'm, as I had said to uh, my guest last night, I restarted physical therapy and breathing during certain exercises or when certain things are being done to my neck is important, you know, for staying calm, for not tensing muscles. I mean, your air your breath is very important for so many things. And I find that from a magical standpoint, you know, because you talk about it, obviously, air magic. Um, you mentioned having an altar, an air altar, where mm-hmm. you have your air tools and things, which I found interesting because my tendency is to put everything together and maybe that's something I need to change because I have 
you know, my chalice and my candle and my incense and my, you know, all my different things on the same shelf. And maybe I need to give more reverence to each individual part than I actually do. You know, if it feels right, then I would say try it out, you know, see how see how it goes. But I'm kind of the opposite of a minimalist. It's not like I have a lot of stuff, but I, I do have, like, little altars everywhere, <laughs> like that book, you know. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I saw that book, and I just had to read it, even though it's a fiction book. It's nothing about magic or altars at all, really. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh-huh. I have little altars everywhere, and I love them. And I they're all special little places for me. So uh, they help me, like, combine things that are alike and – uh, really feel the energy of that element or the ancestors mm-hmm. or my home. Um, you know, it's, it's like really magical, but you know, I've lived in places where that's not possible due to space. You know, you don't have a lot of space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And when it comes to that, like you can use visual images as well. You can make a collage and print it out or find something online um, you know, I feel like all of those things that inspire you can be used, whether, you know, they're all together or they're separate. Yeah. I mean, I I constantly am fascinated by new methodologies of ways to connect with ancestors or with just the elements themselves because, you know, <laughs> To say I've gathered a whole bunch of shit in my time, I have a five-tiered altar that it's kind of like one of the, you know those ladder bookcases? That's what Mm -hmm. I use. It's like this five-tier ladder, and I've got like an ancestor altar on it, and I've got, you know, a daily working altar on it, and I've got at the very top, you know, the candle holders and all that stuff. and I find that I'm looking at things as a lifetime of magic as opposed to individual elements. And I think over time we tend to like not – how do I say this appropriately? Kind of forget the significance of each of the elements. And, you know, there's just so much clutter on my altar. I really need to go through it and – Um, But, you know, I have that thing about me where I'm scared to let certain things go. What if that's important later? Um, (laughs) I don't know if that's a Libra thing or a me thing, but it's like I've had this so long. There's sentimental properties to it. You know, am I just being a fucking child about it? You know what I mean? It's like, do I just need to let shit go already? (laughs) How do you you keep it, like, you know, spatially correct as far as, like, you know, you, it's not just tools, honey. you got clutter. Let's declutter you now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know who really inspired me about that topic is Marie Kondo. Like, I read her book. I watched the Netflix specials. And uh-huh. um, she says, you know, to only keep what sparks joy. And, you know, I see alter, I see everything that has an energy. Uh, And so if you look at something and you love it, then that's great. It uplifts you. But if you look at something and you're like, "Uh, it reminds me of that douchebag that I fucking hate. I can't stand that guy, you know, then you need to put that in a box or get rid of it or re-gift it or something (laughs) because you don't want that energy to bring you down. So um, I have boxes of stuff and then I have more simple alters and, 
um, yeah, I just keep what sparks joy on them, and uh, I try to keep it simple because that means there's less to clean, too. But I'm also, like, guys, mm-hmm. little girl, like, whenever I go outside, I'm like, oh, a pine cone. Oh, an acorn. <laughs> I better take it home. <laughs> you know. So, so I make an offering well, you know, of natural I, products sometimes, too. <laughs> but I think yeah. that's brilliant because, well, no, because if there is a certain type of magic that calls to you at, at a certain point, you know, if you're outside and something inspires you, obviously inspiration is going to make whatever magic you're supposed to do with it more in, more intense and, and more likely to go off well because it's inspiring mm-hmm. you. I mean, if you're standing at your altar and you're doing a spell and it's like a spell you've done before or an incantation you've done before and you barely know what you're saying because you've said it so many times that it's lost its meaning, that's the mm-hmm. kind of thing that I think we fall into into traps with where the magic goes stagnant because we haven't done anything new. You know, I love the idea that you go outside and find a, you know, a pine cone or an acorn or a leaf or, you know, just a rock Mm -hmm. and something, it it initiates something else with you. I think that's probably a pretty healthy way to go. Yeah, thanks. And so I just got, I just cleaned my uh, earth altar area and I got rid of like a bird's nest that had fallen in my yard and I got rid of like pine cones and my little acorn caps um but I have a little place in my yard where I make offerings to Akate so I just put them there with love um you know with a little bit of moon water and then I used the moon water to clean my altar and it was so magical and it's Virgo season right now so this is the perfect time to clean an altar you can also do it in Libra season because, you know, that's about beautifying as well. So, you know, it's it's great time yeah. for this. Well, yeah, especially for me because if I start now, I might finish by Libra season. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot on there. You know, as somebody who's been practicing yeah. for almost 50 years, yeah, maybe it's time. <laughs> maybe we need to clean out <laughs> some of that old shit and start kind of fresh. But, you know, I also wanted to mention, in addition to um, this book, the book you're working on with Jason, Intuitive Witchcraft, um, you know, your, your Witch's Altar, all the other things you've done, you've contributed to, to Pagan Magazine, Starlight Witch Blog. I mean, you've got all these mm-hmm. that Witch With Me. You have a YouTube series which is awesome, but you also write stuff that's not necessarily pagan, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I wrote two fiction books, and um, I, I love writing. If you couldn't tell, <laughs> um, yeah. I love words. <laughs> I love crafting stories. I love constructing sentences. <laughs> um, there is such a love of, like, where – a sentence or a paragraph can take you what it can evoke. Um, you know, it's, it's like a romanticism within me. <laughs> so yeah, I wrote two uh, fiction books. They're self-published and um, I love the stories. That's awesome. And you're a dancer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that must be so amazing. I was a belly dancer for a brief time, like 40 years ago. And then I had a car accident, so that kind of did all that for me. But 
Yeah, and and you're stunning. If anyone doesn't know, you ought to find out. Um, but yeah, do you still dance too? I do. Um, it's more rare. I get to pick and choose what I want to. So usually it's like artsy uh-huh. stuff, benefits. Um, I let my right. friends are in the who are in the group get the paying gigs or the well-paying gigs anyway, <laughs> because uh, uh-huh. uh, they need the money. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like um, we we used to do uh, the Masquerade every year, which is a big AIDS benefit show, and it's like the party of the year in my town. And it was so fun. Nice. Uh, it hasn't been happening lately, which is really sad. But um, yeah, we've we've been out a little bit. Um, I hope to to get out more often because it really is a love, you know. Uh, fire fire dancing yeah. is kind of frightening, <laughs> even though I've been doing yeah. it for quite some time. <laughs> but um, I love it. Like there's nothing like lighting up and then feeling that reaction of the fire, yeah. you know, this dangerous thing, which is bright in your face. You're like, yep. oh, my God. Like it's, it's this feeling of like you forget who you are and where you are. Like the fire is so bright you can't see anything else around you. <laughs> and you're, all you know is wow. like – don't burn yourself. <laughs> and then, you know, I put it on my head and like swing it around, swing something else around. And, and so it's, it's really fun. Um, and we're creative. Like we push the envelope. We're not just doing top 40 stuff or, you know, regular stuff. We wear weird stuff. We uh, play weird music <laughs> and people love it. Like we're like, do you want like standard music? Do you want to play the music? They're like, no, we want you to bring your own music. So we're like, okay, right. you asked for it. <laughs> it's going to get weird. You're going to love it, I guess. <laughs> well, and it sounds like people do. I would love to see that live sometime if the world ever gets back to some kind of semblance of, you know, public events happening again. It looks like, you know, there are some places that are, you know, still moving ahead with, plans for next year, which I'm really excited mm-hmm. about because I feel like I have been trapped in my town for two and a half years now. And it's like, and I love where I live. I'm very happy. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, it feels like everything has been pretty stagnant because we've all kind of been trapped, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Oh, have yeah. You, have you... Have you had any opportunity to, like, venture out? I mean, not including today because we already know you're going out, but, like, do you have plans coming up for public events at all? Um, yeah, so I'm doing the local uh, pagan festival at my hometown, Dayton, Ohio, and um, that's outside, um, and it's going to be really nice. There's always, like, a bunch of booths. Uh, we're raising uh, money and uh, food for the homeless shelter, I think, uh, for mm-hmm. some kind of, like, food bank, I think. So um, there's that. And I'm also going to uh, two events called Bitchcraft in Pittsburgh and in Louisville. Uh-huh. Yeah, Bitchcraft. <laughs> like, I couldn't say no to that. <laughs> I was like, I love right? that. Um, I'm name? a bitch. Uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those people who identifies as a bitch and a witch. So some people are like, I'm not either of those. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to move away from your pearl clutching <laughs> and uh, back into my yeah. swamp, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's, 
<laughs> it's really fun. I've been to one, and it's going to be – everyone's going to be masked up. There's going to be, like, a spacing out and about. Um, but I'll have some tables. I'm going to give a presentation. And I'm also doing something at Witch Lab in Columbus in October. So it's, it's a full mm-hmm. calendar of events. Um, but we're going to try to do it as safely as possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm glad to see folks trying to get out and work with the situation the way it is um, and just basically doing the best they can to, to try mm-hmm. to, you know, bring back a little bit of outdoor activities and, and, and stuff like that. I think it's important yeah. that, you know, even though we're trying to be safe, I think there's a level of, okay, but we still need to have a life and let's see what we can do about doing life outside safely. So I think that's mm-hmm. really awesome. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we need it too. I feel like um, I had been uh, just not doing anything for so long. I was starting to feel yeah. like cracked up a little. And uh, I actually got to go out to Starwood this past summer too, which is a camping Ooh. event. And it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was not, you know, it's a little bit shorter than a week long. But, um, yeah, it was mm-hmm. all open air. And, um, you know, people were trying to be safe. There weren't a lot of masks, I will say that. But there were some, you know, people who were uh, wearing them. Um, but mostly people just stayed far away from each other. And nobody did anything gross or nasty. The, you know, the worst part is the porta potties But, you know, you just deal with it. Hold your breath as long as you can. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that that made a huge difference. Yeah. Like I realized we really need these. Like I'd been so yeah. um, feeling so compressed. I didn't even realize it. And the decompression started. Yeah. And I was like, when is it gonna end? <laughs> I know. Um, no, so, I yeah. know. And They're, it's been like, really isolating. Yeah. Um, and and you're right that there are um, you know risks involved with any anytime you go out anytime you leave the house but if you go to the grocery store with the mask on maybe you can go to an event with the mask on you know it's indoors that's how i see it sure. and i'm vaccinated um but yeah it's yeah. i i'm uh i'm trying to be as safe as i can and i'm not afraid to like put up my hand and be like no nope, stay away <laughs> um yeah. that's as close as you can get no hugs <laughs> but yeah yeah I, I I really hug. I miss hugging folks. So I'm hoping by next year we're at a place that's a, hopefully a little bit better. Because um, I I miss Mystic South. I go every year, and it's like two years in a row it hasn't happened. So it's kind of like I I really miss seeing speakers live and you know interacting with authors you know one to one like in person. Um, so I'm hoping we get back to that someday. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's difficult, but, you know, we've got to learn to adapt just like anything else in nature. You know, things change for a certain reason, you know, because certain things are not sustainable. And, you know, just as creatures adapt, we have to adapt too. And uh, I just hope people are more open to adapting than they've been maybe before. Sometimes you just don't yeah. know. I hear you. (laughs) So you've got, so you're definitely got plans for doing things, which is way awesome. 
Um, when is the book due to come out with Mr. Mankey? Um, we're thinking December of 2022. It's a long ways out. Um, we're still doing the first edits. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's looking good so far. Um, I don't know. I'm just so happy with everything and uh, all the answers that we got to, you know, like, I got to read all these yeah. books that I've always wanted to read about the Greek gods <laughs> and then, you know, figure oh, out like, what to share. Cause I, I just felt like there really hadn't been a good book written by pagans for pagans, uh, specifically mm-hmm. on the magical practices that um, Greeks were known to do and pre-Greeks and Romans and, and, and so forth. And, you know, witchcraft was really maligned in the, uh, in Rome and beyond, and that's, you know, the Catholic Church. <laughs> so um, yeah. uh, if if anyone's, you know, thinking like, oh, no, they shouldn't be together, it's kind of more of a Roman artifact um, or a church artifact, you know, you could say as well, mm-hmm. than anything else, because yeah. there's a lot of evidence that people practiced magic back in the day, like on a regular basis, all kinds of people. Yeah. And you don't need to have... 9,000 tools to be able to perform magic, too. I, that's something I really want people to remember, and it's something that I know you've talked about a lot, too. You know, So I'm excited about the new book, but I'm excited about your current book, too. Um, Air Magic is wonderful. Um, Elements of Witchcraft, it was one of the four, and, and this book is great. Intuitive Witchcraft. I'd love to have you back on to talk about that some more too sometime. <laughs> I like yeah, the I would idea love that. Of having you on to talk about, yeah, I mean, I'd love to have you on to talk about stuff that you wanted to write as opposed to stuff you were asked to write. Um, no shade there, just saying. You're brilliant and wonderful to talk to, and I, oh, I really you. enjoy having you on as a guest. And, and I just wanted to say before I let you go, thank you so much for – coming and hanging out with me and and I hope you have beautiful weather for your day today um, and I hope that I can get you back on very soon. Estrella Taylor Air Magic Elements of Witchcraft Check it out everybody EstrellaTaylor.com and check out Witch With Me. She's got a YouTube series. Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much, Raina. Thank you. Talk awesome. to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. I will see you next week. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend and stay safe out there. Bye. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving to Mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 